Welcome, everyone, to the Sickos Committee podcast. This is our podcast for the evening of February 27th, 2024. We are almost at our leap day, which I found out was Thursday, thanks to last podcast. Thank you, Pit Girl. You're welcome. And I'm excited because I think the American Conference announced they were going to drop their schedule on leap day, and everyone's like, what's the meaning? What is the significance? I don't think there is one, but it's kind of fun. I should go out, you know, their conference headquarters is near-ish my house. By, by near-ish in DFW, I mean within 45 minutes. So what if I just went out, like, went and like had a okay. little party for myself? Right, like, American conference, schedule's dropping, woo! Just out there with signs, like it's game day. Yeah, go camp out until the schedule drops, like mm-hmm. you're in line for concert tickets or whatever. What's the American team that's furthest away from Dallas? I don't even know I mean, who's in the American anymore. Jesus Christ, Charlotte maybe? Well, no, Army. Oh. It'd be Army, I think. Actually, Army. Yeah, Army it's now, gonna yeah. be Army, but yeah, I think if, it's Temple right now, right? Well, if we're only counting, if we're counting football only, then then it would be Army. But yeah, Temple has has that for now, so and they'll still have it for full membership, but not go, for football. go out there in full Temple gear. Oh yeah, like I've and like so I've good. like I've flown in for this. Oh yeah, yeah. go well, out. Folks, we have some special guests tonight, as well as some regular crew. As always, we have Commission Pit Girl, and then we have special guests Joey and Bridget. Bridget, how are you? I'm good. How y'all doing? Hanging in there. It is a Tuesday ass Tuesday. A hundred percent. Joey, how are you, sir? I'm doing all right. Um, it was thunderstorming and warm here today in February, which, as a Canadian, that's not supposed to happen. Are you beefing with any more curlers on the Sickos on Ice account? <laughs> oh, I felt so bad about that. <laughs> Like I, you, you forget that we have just enough reach now that people hear what we say. Yeah, I. So for those who don't know, because I deleted the tweet out of pure embarrassment, um, <laughs> I there is a curling team in Quebec. I believe they're ranked two in Quebec. They're not going to the Briar this year, but they did last year. Briar is the national championship. Each province gets a rep- representative, and uh, they were a team of two brothers, then two other teammates. One of the brothers was the captain, Skip. And they released the other brother and they put out a statement saying like, we know this is weird, but it was a team decision da, 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 you know, we wish him all the best in future endeavors. And I quote tweeted it with when and quote tweeted it with harsh, he fired his own brother. And then the man responded yep. saying, are you kidding? I, I'll have to get the screenshot, but it was, it was, like, it was good. It was, it was really like, I can't believe you would say this. This is a painful thing. I yes. felt so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta find what channel we put it in. That's what so, happens. We're, we're, we're just a little too a little too big to do that kind of shit now. Yeah, he said, it's a team decision, buddy. Why do you feel the necessity to make me feel even worse about it? You think I did this for fun? And I saw it and went, oh yep. no. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh. Mr. Asseland. Yeah, I would have been like. Aggressive Canadian-ness. Yeah, I know. French Canadian-ness. French Canadian-ness. Front to back. Like, mm. super Canada. That in French would have been like, like I can hear that in French. Definitely like, spitting. There's a cigarette being put out, put out in, in Joey's eye. Here's the thing: but, if he had gotten like, like angry and like told all his followers to come at me, I would have thought it was funny. But he looked, he sounded genuinely hurt, and he I was felt so bad. I wouldn't. I would have like like so. In the future, now you're gonna be like, be careful in wording your tweet, and you'll be like. Man, he had to cut his own brother. That that must have been really hard. Yeah, exactly. Instead of like harsh. <laughs> harsh man uh, pick girl how are you i am good uh jordan i would like to take this moment to remind you that you forgot to introduce someone very important to the podcast 
Oh, Arthur. On those ones and twos. Arthur on the ones and twos. Yes, thank you for reminding me. Sorry, Arthur. No, it's fine. I mean, honestly, like the the ones and twos thing that you always say is is not accurate. Um, I I don't use ones or twos to do this. So Arthur, Arthur on the on the free open source software program Audacity. Well, t- technically, yeah, I don't, you are using any... the ones and zeros then. Yes, on the ones and zeros. Mm, well, so, I'd, so if I was the man's got threes. If I was using the ones and zeros, that would imply that I was like actually programming something, which I'm not. I mean, I am like a software developer, but I don't use that when I produce this podcast. Doing a podcast in machine code, I think, is the would be the worst thing possible. But I feel like ones and twos implies like DJing. Yeah. Like I'm I'm not using turntables. I don't even have like a board here or you anything. Should. It's I mean I I guess I don't know. Yeah, what I, I, did you I edit before. with turntables? I was gonna say next like patreon goal should yeah. be get arthur a board yeah get arthur a soundboard yes oh Perfect. we all we all need soundboards so it sounds like a drive i am canonically the TV keeper show. of the soundboard we've already mm-hmm. decided all this right. i get She's to like, recklessly already, honk as soon I've as we get a soundboard oh yeah she pit girl's gonna be our jim kramer analog whenever we have a show have the in the props to the giant hammers and everything else oh yeah mm-hmm. and and next let's talk about the conference usa championship game first up we get mm-hmm. uh commission how are you sir slapstick. Uh, doing pretty good. It, it is Tuesday. Uh, had a lot of fun. It was one of those days where you run like a bunch of errands. Yeah, I love those days. And, and then you're just like, okay, what the hell? It's like 9 p.m. already. <laughs> it was like, it, you don't feel like you got anything done, but like it was just a flurry of activity. As you said earlier, it was a Tuesday ass Tuesday. Second yeah. Monday ass. Mother- <laughs> no, just- let me let me tell you once again. In Tuesday, I'm down in Dallas proper. And have to spend at least an hour driving back on one of three toll road options, and trying to figure out which one's the best one. Win, lose, or toll. Would you Would you like to share with the audience the toll amount that you dodged today? Yes, it was six dollars and sixty six cents. I, I that is the toll of the beast. I cannot do that. That feels unclean. The toll and of the beast. Yes, <laughs> I refuse to do that. Well, I think we should start with. Let's start with like the actual big college football news. Yeah. UMass is going back to the Mac. This is yeah. great. Return, the Mac. Return to the Mac once again. This is, it is. Return yeah. to the Mac. They were in the Mac for a couple of years. It wasn't that long. And they had moved to Independence and then the A10 in basketball. They've been looking for a home for the football program. The Mac had really never come up in all the stuff that I'd heard, even from folks like on the inside of this. And all of a sudden it just happened. Like there was no lead up. There was no flirting with it. It just happened, which is kind of crazy nowadays, but sure. I know a lot of UMass basketball fans are in a very bad mood right now because they think, and maybe rightfully so, that this is a step down. But also the A-10 is going to be losing some of their big, guns pretty soon so yeah i don't know the stability on the fcs level is is really probably you know we have the crazy like up high level yeah of just like conference madness realignment whatever that seems to settle but you know that thing can happen but then like below the surface in division one in the fcs level there is there is really 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 shaky ground for like numerous conferences and the caa has just been gobbling up everything 
you know, the A-10 is kind of like that weird offshoot of the Yankee conference back in the day when the Yankee went away. Yeah. Uh, then the A-10 had football, then they didn't have football. And so there's there's some weird under stuff going on. And again, this is something that's in like Matt Brown extra points is wheelhouse, like this weird conference realignment stuff. So UMass, you know, even, was even Mac- he was surprised by this. One, yeah. Which should say but, something. So UMass was, was in the Mac from 2012 to 2015. Uh, the main thing is the Mac was mad at them because they didn't want to bring basketball over. They didn't want to bring over their main sports, but this time UMass was like, okay, there's only three independents left since army just moved to the American. Right. And now like UMass kind of sees the writing on the wall and now there's only two independents left and you got UConn in football and Notre Dame in football, but UConn is in a conference in basketball, a solid conference, the big East and, and Notre Dame is that, that, you know, that classic ACC member in every other sport except football. And even then they're kind of in football. Yeah. And yeah, they don't have know, the scheduling concerns that UMass or UConn would have. Right. No. Like they, they will not have any issue filling up games. Notre Dame has no issue. Uh, UMass has struggled, but it, this year kind of UMass's schedule had like six Mac games on it. Right. Okay. So, so, so they were already playing Eastern Michigan at Toledo, at Buffalo, at Miami, Ohio, at NIU. Like they already had five Mac games on the schedule. And then, of course, they're playing three SEC games as well. Mizzou is going to Amherst, which I can't wait Ooh. for that game. That, that's you right. the SEC? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. October twelfth, uh, pick girl. In case you want to make a visit to your parents. Okay. There's Noted. also they're also going to Starkville and to Georgia. Oh, sorry, guys. And three like SEC teams, S- wow. right? They they could be SEC champions. And that's. Oh, the, the funniest option is, I think, to drop a bunch of games against back teams and then all of a sudden win Mississippi State, Mizzou, and Georgia. That's just, that's the funniest thing. But I'm that way. Switching I'm Switching the difficulty on your NCAA 14 sim. Yeah, well, this is this is 100% like week, like season four of NCAA where I just go, okay, guess I need some teams on the off weeks. Well, I guess Georgia's free. If you have NCAA 14... UMass was in the MAC then. Oh, that's right. The the game's accurate again. Uh, <laughs> regarding that conference, I do want to thank UMass, and then I'm upset at UMass for you know. So I want to thank them for something, and then I want to get mad at them for something. Okay, go for so, it. So, UMass, I want to thank you for announcing this because I was bored as hell on Monday when you announced this, and this was huge news for us. I mean, just. This is this is the epitome of our kind of news. This we're is just like, our hell kind yeah. of stuff. This is the committee stuff. We're like UMass is moving conferences to the Mac, They're like independent like our no more. conference. In the Mac, we got Maction. We got got UMass in the Mac, and then like I love the geography people coming out of the woodwork. Like this is not Mid American. I'm like, well, it's Western Mass, kind of. I don't know. Uh, it's it's in the Berkshires, oh, right? By the way, I, by the <laughs> way, a big a big asterisk here or a side note production meeting thing. I am going to do a survey later this year where I'm basically going to put up a map and ask people to select states that are in the Midwest. Oh, just, just to get that discourse going on. Oh, oh no, 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 Jordan, no. Why would you willingly do a regionalism in this way? Like because I'm broken. Okay, okay. I was gonna say like literally how much do you hate yourself. Yeah, a lot. 
yeah. as a mod of our Discord, I think I have to stamp this out. <laughs> yeah, we're all yeah. going to get I the spray bottle I have a spray bottle in my bathroom right now. Our Discord has an issue with regionalisms. Just doing it on Twitter. No yeah. regionalisms exactly. allowed. Exactly, exactly. Just doing it on Twitter. Because Jordan Jordan uh, likes to do stuff like this just to stir up people. Every now I mean, I mean, I, if you I mean, really want to break contain, this is the yeah. way you do it. Oh, yeah. That's the way like, to do it. See also, Jay Arnold saying that Houston had really good food mm-hmm. and everyone losing their mind. That's even crazy. though he was right and he should say yeah. it. Yeah, Houston does have good food. Yeah, it wasn't the yeah. Houston that he was getting yelled at for. It was, it was the, the New, New Mexico, Mexico that he was getting yelled yeah, at. Yeah, it was great. Okay. Um, What's wrong? Oh, okay. He's, so he's still right. <laughs> here's the thing right. that I'm I'm he mad about UMass. Go. What are you mad about? All right. So UMass has crushed my dreams of fifth seed UMass hosting a home playoff game now. Yeah, that is true. Because mm. they can win mm-hmm. a conference now. Yeah. Yeah, because they can win a conference now. Um, they probably get it. the 12 seed. Next they year they can host do it. Game. Next year they can do it. Next year they can do it, though. So, I, I mean, they, if they, they beat Georgia. <laughs> they could still be a high enough seed as a conference champion. They got to get an eight seed as if, a conference champion. If they sweep, okay, time out. If they sweep this schedule next year, we got to put them in the playoffs. I'm just saying that. If you go 3 0 against the SEC, including beating Georgia, I feel like you have to put UMass in the playoffs. And Mizzou was pretty good this year. That's no right? guarantee that they'll also be yeah. good next year. But Mississippi State is also a team. It is a team. Mm-hmm. It is a team yeah, in the they're, SEC. They're- their team in the SEC is That's a team correct. that could be stupid enough to help out UMass's strength of schedule by beating someone stupid. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah, that, that feels right. That's spiritually Mississippi State right there. So, what is the thing Start you want? Vegas. What is the thing you want to cheer on uh, UMass for, then, Kamesh? Oh, just that they made you happy. Yeah, they made me happy. That that was it. There you go. That's like they they made my day. UMass made my day. Thank so, you, UMass, for making my Monday. So we're also That's now a brand new sentence. We're also now one program closer to the Mac being able to to sponsor ice hockey because there's four Ooh. teams there, and they need getting, six. I believe they need six. You got to have six, but it's it's getting a little closer, and that's that's also fun because you know hockey, Notre Dame, you could you could leave the Big Ten for hockey. Mm-hmm, you totally could. Mac hockey team Notre Dame, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think Eastern's probably gonna get a hockey team at some point. That's um, like that's like whenever you it. find out that Vandy's in the Southland Bowling Conference, you're like, okay, sure, why not? Or what was the other one? Who got who moved over? I think Florida, Florida women's lacrosse. lacrosse is Florida now lacrosse. in the Big Twelve. Yeah, they went from the American to the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Why, why why does Florida women's lacrosse not simply join the ACC? Because they would like to win a game or two eventually. Yeah, that's fair. This is this is the time of year where I was sometimes I look through and I go, okay, like what conference, what sports are these conferences actually sponsoring? And then you find out things like the Big Twelve, Big Twelve just doesn't sponsor men's soccer, just not a thing. It and does, however, I'm, I'm, sponsor women's rowing. I know someone who rowed does. for Alabama in the Big Twelve. Right, like they came over and did that, and I think Alabama actually went is going to a no. The SEC is going to start sponsoring women's rowing, I believe, because they're up to six teams now, with Texas and Oklahoma moving. That gets them a team. Mm. So yeah, there's actually in all this conference alignment, y'all, there's a lot of other weirdness going on as well, because you got to stash these teams somewhere. You have this like breadth of, okay, we have all these teams. Now, where do we put the field hockey team? And it's got to go somewhere. And that's how you end up with shit. Like, you know, California schools playing in the, um, in like the America East conference for field hockey or whatever. It's just like bizarre things that happen. 
Pac-12 Wrestling, I think, still has like seven members. Like they're gonna survive the, this year. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't surprise. But then, of course, I think isn't University of Arkansas Pine Bluff? Aren't they in the Pac-12 for wrestling or something bizarre like that? One of those schools, yeah. Or maybe it's Little Rock. I can't remember which. There's again, wrestling Pac-12 is also a really weird one. Twelve wrestling. Search. Good because I was also googling it. Sickos committee Google's things. I'm gonna start binging things. Hey Bing, you want to sponsor us? I'll start binging. Oh God! No, 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 please. Uh, Arizona State, Cal Poly, CSU, Bakersfield, Little Rock, Oregon State, Stanford. There you go, Little Rock. Yep. Bizarre stuff. I love it. Okay, next thing. I don't want to talk about court storming Discord because I'm so tired of that. We shouldn't arrest people and tase them for court storming the court. We should probably give opposing teams a chance to get off the court. That's my that's my point. Straight yeah, to jail. Don't commit Jordan. assault. Yeah, yeah. Do do storm the court. Don't submit don't commit assault. Thank you. Yes, continue stored, court storming. However, I did enjoy the visual of the alternative suggestion that I saw someone say, which is the team storms the student section, which I feel like would just cause a, a very troubling visual. Wait, like the the winning home team or the like the winning home losing, team. Okay. Because I yeah. was thinking the no, losing not, away team that oh, just I, lost. No, that's, that's, no, just, not, that's just the malice at the palace. Yeah, no. I was going to say, not a mass malicing. That's just that's just a team going in, a losing team just going in and wailing on the home fans, which, okay, entertaining. However, I just, I have nothing to say about this because the side of like, we should find them and tase them and expel them is stupid. <laughs> and then the side of, jail. And the side of, like everyone should be able to run into everyone, no matter what, is also and like okay, you're saying me I'm like a straw creating straw man on this. People literally were like, we should expel students who rush the court. Yeah, it ain't it ain't gonna change. You can make it safer, or you can I mean you could do what soccer does if you want to if you want to spend the money if you want to do what soccer does it put up like a chain link fence a moat and someone standing like every three feet to stop people. You can do that. That's basketball a choice. Yeah. If we're going to do that, I want to be able to bring flares to a basketball game. Uh, I want to do Why don't whole, you? Like, Who's telling you no? They do that in Europe. Flags, I need the flag. giant flags to wave. You're describing Serbia. You're describing yeah. Serbia. I know. Hey, Sicko's yeah. committee goes to the Eternal Derby one day, okay? Red Star yeah, and... But uh, that, but for basketball. Inside. Yeah, why not? They do it for basketball. They do. Oh, they do, they do for Euro basketball too. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. There's a way you could do the court storming smartly. I, I just wanted to put it on the notes because it was just like jail. People go to jail. Oh, yeah. Put them to jail. And the only exactly. thing actually. More carceral state. That's mm-hmm. right. The only place you can actually. Right. Do I'm, like, right. I'm against the carceral state except for when somebody touches a player on my team, in which case straight to jail. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's right. The only place just, you just, can actually punish uh, court stormers because there's so many of them. Is that Detroit Mercy game where only one person stormed the court? That's right. That was... I mean, he's straight to jail. Now, by the way, but, no. well, that's, go ahead, I mean, you... I, I think like my like unironic take on both like court storming and field storming in football is that part of the problem is that a lot of places don't get reps doing this right. Like, honestly, I think we need to be storming the court more, or storming the field more, right? I mean, like Clemson they go on the field after every football game. Right. Right. And you don't, I feel like I never hear about them having problems with that because they do it every game. So they're prepared. They know what to do. They know the drill. Vandy had the most organized court storm field storming I've ever seen. They walked down the little like rows. When we were at the FCS title game, 
I know. They, they had hey, all the edges. Come they on, let him through. Come on and then just go this way. And they funneled everybody. And it was very orderly. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you could you can make things substantially safer if, if you have a plan in place, like you know how it works. And the fans also like know how it works and have it all ready organized and, and ready to go. You know, that's that's just my feeling on this. I agree. Or we should jail everyone. I don't know. Sure, why jail. not? What do you what do you win for, Jordan? I get, for court storming. I, 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 wait, Wake Forest upset Duke. Wake Forest upset Duke. Yet, oh. yet the, the white collar criminals were in the stands and I got arrested. Oh no. We uh, we, uh, we upset Iowa women's basketball. I've been here for four years. That's just since they're paying off the tickets. <laughs> uh Pick Girl, I assume this is your thing about Leap Day. Would you tell us some Leap Day stuff? Is that you? It is not my thing about Leap Day, oh, but I'm happy Leap Day to stuff talk was about it? it. No, I, I put in Leap Day stuff because yeah, the podcast is coming out awesome. on Leap Day. Uh, I, I put in some some Leap Day notes because we don't get too many of them. Uh, we were talking about how far our calendar would be off last time mm-hmm. if we didn't take every Leap Day. So it says, without Leap Day, our calendar would be off by about 24 days every century or every 100 years. The first Leap Day was introduced in 46 BC by Julius Caesar. How did he know about this? I mean, they, they had a pretty good idea of calendars back in the day. Okay, so I'll give you that. Um, my, my favorite thing is, is, I just want to put this fact, people that are born on Leap Day are sometimes called Leaplings. I love that. <laughs> More I than love 4 that. million people around the world are Leaplings. Now I've got to look up famous Leaplings. Hold up. I, I know one Wait. right now is, is Tyrese is Halliburton of the okay. uh, Indiana Pacers. I don't know anybody else. Uh, ja, ja Rule is a Leapling. What? Ja Rule is oh a Leapling. Oh my God. Ja Rule. Ja Where's Rule. Ja? Uh, Anthony Sabato Jr. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Mike Foster, leader of Foster the People. Okay. Tony, Ro- Tony Robbins, the speaker. Wow, I did not know that Foster the People was like named after someone. I, did, I didn't know that either. I learned new things every day on this podcast. O- originally, they were named Foster and the People, and then they had a poster have a typo, and they just decided it sounded cooler. Okay. It cool. does sound cooler. How often do leap seconds happen then? Apparently, the answer is occasionally. <laughs> they all get together and they just decide when it happens. Whenever Tom Scott tells me it happens. Mm-hmm. Hey, Tom Scott's I no would... longer doing YouTube videos, so don't. He's retired, so you're not going to get that anymore. I would like to take this moment to formally appreciate Leap Day as perhaps the most prominent example of the mistakeitude of linear time. Yeah. They tried it and it failed, and so they've had to keep fixing it ever since. Mm-hmm. It They're just scrapping the whole thing together. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I think about Leap Day, the one thing I think of is it, of of all the fake TV shows and movies from Thirty Rock, mm-hmm. the yeah. one that I want to be real the most is their Leap Day movie starring Jim Carrey, Leap Dave Williams. Nice. Like, if you've never seen the episode, I don't I don't know where Thirty Rock is online. Um, I have probably on Peacock. Peacock. I'm gonna guess Peacock. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Oh, it's like a um, Peacock, Jenna Maroney. That is like that episode. Just the concept of a Jim Carrey Leap Day movie is the only thing I really think about on Leap Day. Like, I am down to bring all of the like fake Leap Day traditions they invent there into real life. Like, I know people do that with uh, like other. 
TV shows and movies. Like that's like the Festivus. one I want. Yeah. Yeah. So, I want, I want the leap day stuff from 30 rock. Uh, I I'm going to say one thing about 30 rock and then we'll move on because what I'm about to say is going to be very weird. Uh, the 30 rock porn parody. If you edit out the porn, it's actually a half decent 30 rock episode. Like they got the writing style. Very good. Like the actual like episode part itself is very good. There you go. I have questions that I don't actually oh, no. want answers to. I thought no. he was going to say something like, my favorite episode was Jackie Jorp Jump. I guess, well, it's a great one. No, but the, the, the porn parody, if you edit out the porn, is a half decent episode. Jordan I Googling don't himself. want answers to my question. They, they have a really, they really got the writing style down. What can I say? In, in, in better and more important news, um, I am amused by reading the Wikipedia page for February 29th to find that February 29th is Rare Disease Day, and I like that as a <laughs> It's a rare day for rare diseases. Yeah, if you're going to have an awareness day, you should have a little bit of a sense of humor about it, I think, and that's this is a good one. Good one. It could also be uh, Oregon National Championship Day. What? It doesn't happen every often. It doesn't happen. No, never mind. Leave that in. Hey, as a Utah fan, I appreciated that. Oh, there thing. we go. There we go. <laughs> Bridget's like, I like that, and that's very nice. I, I like. I'm here. I'm just, I'm just. I'm just absorbing it. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Thank start, you. Thank you. Start with last Natty. Thirty-one. Hey, before Oregon's, it was thirty-one, I believe. Dartmouth has one. Yeah. That's more than most teams. That's right. We and I told you we actually fly that flag. Like it's on. It's on the stadium, far left corner. Still has spots for more, but we fly that flag just in case we got another one. How know. would you go about winning a natty at Dartmouth now? Would you? Are you just claiming number one in a poll? I, I feel like if you if you go ten and zero, claim you were too good for the playoff, and then just claim it. I would do it. Why not? Who's gonna say no? It's college football, and it's Dartmouth. No Great. one's gonna try to shut that down. No. no one's gonna care enough to shut that down. If if Keggy's out there with like a giant like national champions flag, who's gonna say no? I would buy a national title shirt with Keggy on it. I would totally. I, I wish I've gone. I've home gone. Homefield, if you're listening, <laughs> get dark. Hey, hey, Homefield. I know the guy that owns the rights to Keggy. He's a friend of mine. He'd probably let you license it. I I can't find it. I've gone through every dresser I have. I don't know where it is but I have the original homecoming shirt with Keggy on it that they sold for the humor magazine. And it has a picture of Keggy and it just says, get pumped over it. And it was like the original <laughs> great, like, Oh God, it was so good. Okay. Um, next thing, Kamish, do you want to talk about the Christmas tree thing? I, I can't, I cannot get this out of you've my been, head. You've been circling this for so long. Well, I mean, this is kind of like, this is my job, like my former right. job. Of my real life job, essentially. So, there's a story uh, that is that has been posted many, many times. It, it went viral. You know, there's the it, it's it's a European thing, but it says mom loses eight hundred and twenty thousand dollar injury claim after she was pictured tossing a Christmas tree. Why? Why would you do that? I so so. Let me give you why, some background why about not? just let me get some background of it here. All right. The motor vehicle accident was in 2017, and it left her in debilitating pain, leaving her unable to lift heavy bags and keeping her her in bed on bad days, according to disclosures made at Ireland's High Court. And this was reported by the Irish Independent newspaper. The constant pain in her back, neck, and thoracic spine 
left her unable to list those groceries, do chores, play with her two children, uh, read the news. <laughs> and this is what the newspaper got from the court case. Yeah. She, she sued an insurance company on the basis she could not work for over five years, claiming past and future loss of earnings that amounted to 542000 of her total claim. So she's making a wage loss claim of 542000 now, her, her case came unstuck when a photo published in the newspaper almost a year after the accident showing her winning a Christmas tree throwing contest. Why is that a thing? It's Ireland. It's Ireland. Like caber tossing, I guess, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, that's from Scotland, but it is the same vibe. Jordan's getting in trouble again. So the picture taken in, in, in January 2018 shows uh, the woman... Wearing a yellow jacket, forcefully throwing a tree in the town of Innes in Western Ireland, where the championship, based on an old lumberjack competition, takes place. The winner is the person who throws it the farthest. Sorry, can I just point out from this picture, she's wearing leggings that say, I just can't. (laughs) That was also the first thing I noticed about her, beyond the fact that she's, like, really yeeting this Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. She is uh, just, just really yeeting... The crap out of this Christmas tree. Um, her, her leggings say, I just can't. And the court found that to be false. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when she was cross, uh, cross-examined, so like they, they're like, here's this photo. And so the lady's like, you got to explain yourself here. You got to explain yourself. She said she still felt pain when she threw the Christmas tree. <laughs> and was smiling in photos because she was trying to live, uh, trying to quote unquote, live a normal life i have a question go ahead would it and i am just asking questions here i'm not her lawyer if she had said yeah i was on an insane amount of illegal painkillers would that have helped her defense i i don't know it depends on if the judge buys it or not i Uh, I was on i was on the patrick mahomes cocktail your honor i i was just i was i was just shooting toward all just so much toward all Irish lawyers, sound off in the chat. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear from you. So, the 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 judge said uh, she provided over the case. He said that she had no choice but to dismiss the claim because of the very graphic picture of of her throwing the Christmas tree, which was at odds with the medical evidence provided. I am afraid I cannot conclude the claims were entirely exaggerated. Uh, she also took con- into consideration video from last November played to the court showing the woman play wrestling with a big Dalmatian dog for up to one and a half hours, according to the paper. And they went Broadway. That is a long time. That's a yes. long time to play with a big ass dog. Yeah. That's Kenny Omega numbers right there. So a spokesperson for the insurance company said in the statement that the significant majority of claims that we handle are genuine. They added that the firm was very pleased with the outcome of the case as it sends out a clear message that we will robustly challenge any attempts to pursue claims that are not genuine. Uh, the legal representatives of the, the woman who had her case dismissed did not respond for any comment. This reminds me, there was a time in my history, which I can probably give some information. Uh, I, I worked in New York, a personal injury claims as an adjuster. And this was probably, I I think the statute of limitations should be up here. So 
I, I worked as uh, an adjuster here, and and basically in New York, there are some medical mills that happen in like the Bronx and and just like anywhere in in New York. So these people just go in to this place, and it's like a little strip mall place where they there's nine doors in the strip mall place, and you just walk in nine doors and you get billed for nine different doctor visits. Okay. Um, and so there was one person which I don't want to give the doctor's name or anything like that. Don't do that. But, but one of the investigations I've referred to um, in a unit that in, investigates fraud, they they found the doctor um, that was in charge of one of these things, which they're numerous, they're multiple, and they're probably still ongoing to this day because it's a game. But uh, yeah, uh, they found the doctor and they went to go catch the doc. Um, he was attempting to flee JFK airport uh, to go to Suriname uh with with a briefcase full of 50 50k <laughs> i i assume that he was going to be a corf ball championship in Sarah. sure perfect new identity new life just yeah start I, I don't want to give the person's name because i, I you know again, it's it yeah it probably uh but yeah it was it this this reminisce and i could not get this out of my head and then just having this picture just being like the perfect Christmas tree toss and winning the title of the Christmas that's, tree. Toss. That's the best part, right? Yeah. Is that she was a champion. I was a champ. She can't even say like, Hey, I would have won the championship if it wasn't for my pain. If she like finished like fourth or something, because like I won it in 2016, but no, 2018 title winner picture with her holding the plaque and her name saying she's the title winner it's amazing now this has me thinking i'm imagining like i don't know like movie idea or whatever but a a legal drama about the insurance implication of jesus doing miracles and curing people oh i like this so you're saying an insurance adjuster show taking place in nazareth in the hundreds yes i like it so jesus is healing people but then the people act like injured. No, Jesus is telling people, no, and no, then the I'm, insurance I'm, company is like, re, like pulling their claims. Yeah, yeah. You said you were blind. Man, that's got to be a tough day going after Lazarus's wife. Yeah. I was just gonna say, I was like, how do you, how do you <laughs> be Lazarus? Like, ma'am, I have his death certificate right here, and yet here he is. We don't talk about how much paper Lazarus had to put through to like come back from the dead. Like that must have, like they don't you hear about people that die on like. They die on paper. They have so much trouble with social security and everything. We don't talk about how much Lazarus paperwork ha- he had to do. I, I do want to mention, by the way, that if you are at Western Kentucky, when you hear this on Thursday, you will still have a chance to become Big Red. Big Red tryout informational meetings were this past Monday and on Thursday at 5 p.m. at the Diddle Arena Center Court Club. Unfortunate name for a, for a place. I was just about to say, I'm That's sorry, fine. where? No, you need to go to Diddle Arena. <laughs> yeah, there's been as they, a reply. As they, as they call it, the, the, old, the old Diddler. What did they say about the arena? Yeah, sorry, it's just Bridget. Like, sorry, Bridget. This is not good. Not good. Bridget's just I, drinking, not good drinking jokes here. Lost it. Yeah. Not good I was jokes. this close. I was, I'm so glad I took like a beat. Not, not good jokes here. No. But yeah, you could go be Big Red if you're at Western Kentucky, and you absolutely should. I'm I realized that I don't have like, well, you don't need eligibility for this. This isn't an NCAA thing. Any student there, you have to be a student, but you can okay. go sign up for 12 credit hours. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go one audit one class. course at Western Kentucky so I can be big red. That's I how mean, this works. I mean, the, the famous Ohio Bobcat that beat up Brutus Buckeye wasn't even a student there. In fact, I believe the Miami Hurricane, the, the Sebastian, the Ibis, the guy arrested was also not a student. He was just like a, he was like a dude. So you could, be, dude. you could be a dude at Western Kentucky or sorry, Big Red can be ladies too. Big Red is canonically genderless. They're very specific about that. Big Big Red is everybody. Big Red uses they them pronouns. Big Red's awesome. But yeah, I, I realized when I heard about this, I sort of stood up and tried to like waggle my hips like Big Red would. And y'all, I don't think I have it. I don't think I, I've got the Big just Red. Just got to do hula hoop workouts. It's just a matter of want to. Right? Sure. Like you figure that it's just hula hoops. Like you, if you got those hips, the hula hoop hips, you can do Big Red because Big Red's all just about hula hoop. Yeah, hula hoop to Shakira, just over and over. It's I'm all sorry, about the th- it's all about the thrusting. There are certain mascots that are all about the thrusting. Gritty, <laughs> Gritty is all about the thrusting, right? Gritty is all on the hips, right? You you know exactly what I'm talking about. And Big Red, same thing. You see him thrust, and that's what you want. There are some um, mascots. I, I'm not- gonna push back on the. That's what I want. Hang on, I'm changing. <laughs> I'm changing the sickos on ice bio to Gritty is all about the thrust. Yes. I mean, he really is. He's it's about that and him occasionally flashing you his belly button, which does change color for reasons yet to be explained. It's the uranium. I mean, there are mascots that aren't about hips. No one talks about Puddles the Duck's hips. No one talks about Bevo's hips. But there are certain mascots that you got the little like the little hip work. Big Bird was about the hips. No. No. Okay. You say that like Big Bird is no longer with us. Why was that a was? I I, I I read one of those articles the other day about like the idea that Big Bird almost went up on the challenger. And like what so so there oh, was no there was, right. No. There was, wait, big wait, Big Bird the suit or Carol Spinney the actor. I, I don't remember what the, the plan actual was. I believe oh, was, I I believe it was I'm about to, to Google is, Big Bird Challenger. I don't want to. But yeah, they, Big Bird nearly rode on the challenge or disastrous challenger mission. Carol right. Spinney, the puppeteer oh, was, in a yellow suit, was in talks to go to space. Oh no. Yeah, if Big Bird no. had gone down in the challenger, that would have been an issue. And it would have been him in the Big Bird suit. Yeah. Oh god, no. Special, you cannot do a special episode on that like Mr. Hooper. You, you just can't. I mean you could you'd have to. Yeah, oh. but where do you start? Big Bird actually no, had Big an Bird escape. Big Bird attempted to fly and it didn't go well. Oh no! Hey kids, Big Bird had an escape pod and he's here tonight. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, anyways, yeah, Big Bird almost went down the Challenger, which would have been an issue. <laughs> so that's why I use past tense for Big Bird. <laughs> in my in wait, my in wait, my Mandela. In your, in your, like, in your head canon, did Big Bird die on the Challenger? We Mandela affected into the mm-hmm. universe where Big Bird was in the Challenger. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I like how he like, did die a, a few years ago. A technical near-death experience is enough to get Jordan thinking about you in past tense. Might as well. Like, That's just... it. Just write you off. It, it should have been your time. Yeah, Jordan's just like, I believe in Final Destination, and you are here behind your time. It's easier just to update. Like, I'm not going to update things in real time. It's just easier. Okay, let's do ads, and then we'll get into the back half of the show. First off, as always, $5 a month gets you access to our Patreon and our Discord, where you can talk to us about all the things you want to talk to us about. You can talk, we got channels for video games, channels for animals, channels for foods, channels for 
conversation channels for gambling if you're a degenerate like that if you had money on mississippi valley state to win one game this year in basketball congratulations cashed in did you the announcers on that were so much fun no they're awesome i've heard them before yeah yeah last year there was like a weird fight or something like that or weird alabama state i think yeah i I can't remember what it was but it was they're great like they 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 kind of let like the students do it which is awesome yeah and they're, they're very entertaining. Itabina was set on fire. They're storming the court. They're storming the court. They're storming the court. They're storming the court. I love is it. This, is this the same broadcast team that because they're not affiliated with any other group, they sing their own ent- they, they sing their own opening theme? I don't know. but that They're just like, like us for real. Yeah, they're great. Uh, so we talked about that. You can help us make our – we have – because the tournaments are coming up, basketball tournaments, we're doing lots of work for that, figuring out – Who's in what tournament, the placements. I've got other things going on for that. So if you're interested in that, come join us. You also get access, of course, to our patron-only podcast, Commission's Quarter, and the untitled Beth and Jordan Fight Song Project, which will record its first episode this week. Very excited about that. But then I realized that because because she and I have jobs that are a little more flexible, let's say, we think we're just going to record it like Friday morning at 10. (laughs) That feels weird. I know, but that's the time both of us have. It's easy. I know. I don't know what it's going to be like to record a podcast at like 10 in the morning. Why is this my thing that's like, whoa, linear time for this right. episode? Not Leap Day. It's recording the podcast at 10 a.m. on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Huh. We, also, we also have our merch store at sickoscommittee.org, our YouTube channel, which has new videos for every podcast, new shorts that are going very well. People are loving those. They're awesome. Thank you, Hector. Our Instagram where I think I'm going to start, uh, because I got response from my tiki drinks, I'm going to actually drink my way through my whole tiki drink book this summer and post Instagram pictures for it. So that should be tiki, man. tiki Man. I, yeah. I, I, I didn't get a chance to bring this up because I just listened to the new episode this morning, so I didn't get a chance to ask you in private. This is uh, an embarrassing question, but what is exactly a tiki drink? Is it like just like Caribbean sweet drinks? Um, it is. It is like fake Polynesian drink. Okay. It, think think bars with lots Bamboo. of like like yeah like almost margaritaville but cheesier because margaritaville like, is more like key west there's there's bamboo involved it's, umbrellas it's kind of Hawaiian. there's umbrellas yeah. in the drinks there's okay it's got a the lot of that like, look like the like easter island heads kind that's of really yeah. that's the big one that's the big one i knew the concept of a tiki bar i didn't know yeah. that's what that was yeah. that's basically mm-hmm. yeah they, they were they were really the drinks famous. have a fuckload of rum in them no, yeah. i mean look the commission is a big fan of rum uh in any form so tiki's are are good but like jordan goes really over the top with with everything. all the uh, like, like just say everything because all I just, do is over. No, the top. like you're like orange yet. They got to make their homemade stuff. I'm like, whatever, man. Give me the rum. That's all I want. I want the rum. Just give me the rum. Getting high proof rum nowadays is kind of a pain in the ass. It's tough to get now. But yeah. well, ever since they stopped making the flammable rum, the 151. <laughs> At my fraternity, we used to have room to room tales where all the rooms on the second floor, every room would have their own cocktail that they would make. And they were frater- like fraternity cocktails. So you can imagine the kind of things. And one of the rooms made uh, flaming Dr. Peppers. Uh, and, look, look, I used to bartend and I oh, used to down those all the time. But like, imagine in some, in a fraternity, 20 year old fraternity guys, like room 
a bunch of people like crowding in there and being like, make a flaming Dr. Pepper shot. And we at least had one time where the fire alarm went off. We had to clear out the house. Okay. Last. I, was, I mean, that's bound to happen. It's flammable. One fifty one. We, we had, we had this little like swing door in the top floor, like behind a road sign that we'd stolen. We carved out the thing behind the wall. Gotta and have that. One of, one of our brothers was super drunk. So when the fire alarm went off, we just put him in there. Cause we couldn't get him out of the house. That you just put the, you put the traffic cone right next to him too. <laughs> Might I inquire as to what kind of stolen road sign this was? Um, wasn't the stop sign. It okay. Was a, it was like a, it was like a Uber construction sign. Okay. I yeah. feel like, you know, there's, there's, yeah, you want to, you want to steal like some exotic signs. You're not going for like the basic signs at Dartmouth. You got to really stand out. Yeah. I, we had, maybe we had, want to, maybe want a school zone. We had some good frost heave signs. You want a school zone or maybe the one that has the weird wavy swervy lines. Because that's how you feel when you enter this and leave with the Flame of Dr. Pepper. I inherited a Fireland sign that I can only assume was stolen by one of my fa- by my father or one of his siblings mm-hmm. or something like that. That was just in my room for a while. That yeah. statute of limitations has expired. I do not know the provenance of the Fireland sign, but I assume it was stolen. Yeah. Of course, as always, we have our Substack as well, where our Thanos metric is coming up, which is a lot of fun. That oh, yeah. is our, let me actually say what it actually means. Yeah, Sikos Thanos. Because all we do is come up with awful acronyms. In this well, that's topic. it. That's it. We're good. Uh, shout out to uh, Dr. Abby, uh, who, who says, you're really good at naming things. I'm like, yeah, we are. Yeah, we're really good. This is a Thanos. Teams having absolute numerical outcome symmetry. And we're talking right. about teams who were like a perfect five, like 500 on the season, but also their point differential was almost 500 as well. Like the most average, the most average, average, average team ever. Like basically your point differential is zero. You scored the same amount of points, the same amount you, you gave up and you are also 500 on the year. So in some shape or form. So we, I, I, man, I went through 948 teams. So I apologize. I apologize oh, was, like, for you the all delays in the stuff. So damn much. No, but I, I, it was a I'll, lot of stuff. You know what? I'll I'll eat this one. The delays were me, y'all. I've been more than you need to know, listeners. But guess what happens when there's a uh, ADHD med shortage in North Texas? Yeah, the graphic designer get, is trying, uh, about working at fifteen percent here, y'all. Trying to trying to get Jordan focused right now has been kind of difficult. So. It's been rough, y'all. It's and I'm like, I, and then I'm in the place of like, I don't want to be a jerk. Like, like no, you've been, you've been super kind and thank like, you for on, thank help. you for like you y- y'all and my wife are being the nicest people on earth right now because most of y'all should be throwing shit at me and I'm just like flashy thing flashy thing it'll get no, better eventually it's just funny like you just like today you're tweeting and you're like yeah tweet 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 and I'm like okay he's he's not focused let me add him uh-huh. oh yeah and I wasn't anywhere near my computer too um <laughs> I was doing that off my phone uh, yes. somewhat somewhat related could the Matt Brown tweet from earlier where it oh, was like yeah. uh, the neurodivergent uh, sports writer or whatever it was and the neurotypical wife that, that closes all the cabinet doors. Me and my partner are both neurodivergent and we uh, we both do some online writing or whatever. And I happened to read that tweet while standing in the kitchen. And guess what, baby? Those cabinets were open. Yep. I heard, I heard my wife shut too. From the other room, the minute I saw that tweet, I heard a sigh, and I heard two cabinets shut. 
We also have shout out to Message Board Geniuses podcast. They always go to places that you refuse to go because Message yeah, Boards are. There was there was but, one today where uh, I just want to shout out that yeah. one today. There was a Florida fan saying that no Florida player did anything worse than Jameis. Five minutes of silence. That's, I'm just. That's a choice. I just and and Message Board Geniuses. All they could do was type on that take from the Florida Gators message board was just uh <laughs> just aggressive ellipses uh yeah pink girl do you want to talk about that panther layer take i do want to oh, talk okay. about that panther layer take yeah go for thank it thank you message board geniuses for surfacing this because as always i will never pay for panther layer shout out to panther layer the twitter account though he's great but the message boards not a place i want to be uh, but shout out to our dude Ski77 on Panther Lair, who lives in East Tennessee near Knoxville and allegedly has heard from a UT guy in a hoodie at a grocery store uh, that UT is pushing the SEC to add Pitt if and when they expand because they had so much fun in Pittsburgh and would like it to be a regular road trip. And no. allegedly, both the Tennessean and the Knoxville Sentinel have posted articles about this. I have not independently confirmed this. I don't know. Pitt and SEC would be fun. I think. Honestly, pers- personally, I-, I would love it. It's not even in Southeast Pennsylvania. I don't care. It's Good Western. travel partner for UMass. It's... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, I will say, like, we had some good tailgating when we played that home and home. No, there's... Yeah. No, no. There's, there's good. I, I Look, Pitt to the SEC, there is more, more outlandish things that I've heard. I would I would love to see Pitt fans showing up in Austin. That would be great. Oh wait, yes, yes, Texas is in the SEC now. No, Can fine. you imagine Pitt fans in College Station? That would be. Oh, that would be fine. We're used to Penn State fans. It's just it's oh, a different. I, I, I know. You I'm, would, exci- would, I'm excited be, for Pitt SMU. Look, I'm really excited for those Pitt, games. Pitt would Pitt would fit right in with that one. Uh, Pitt in 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 Arkansas, Fayetteville. How's that going to go? <laughs> That's going to be fun. Pit in, in Pit versus Vandy, all the Pit fans just be on, uh, just just with the bachelorette parties. Pit, guaranteed. Pit in, Pit in the Grove at Ole Miss. Oh, I the, think Pit Pit fans could bond with Texas A and M fans over having a lanes right by campus. Yeah. Oh hey hey Pit girl, uh, it is SMU's homecoming. Oh, SMU's homecoming is, is the Pit is, game. Is Love versus it. Pit. Oh god, oh, I gotta, god. I gotta try yeah, to go to that one. Okay. Well, I I'm like looking to forward to, to losing on homecoming. Oh, it's gonna be fun. Pit in Pit and Baton Rouge. Uh, yeah, I, I give it. There's a lot that of water one, that's there. That's great. I love that. There's there's duck that boats. I would attend that game. That that I would, would be. They got some good colors. Yeah, this would be a great game. The I also love and, the idea of Pitt and Auburn playing for the first time ever as a conference. Yeah, game. guaranteed. The Pitt chaos works. between Pitt and Auburn. Well, oh and my here, God! Here's Game the, of the thing week. about Pitt, right? I mean, you talk about Pitt going to a new conference, but we know, right? Like, Pitt has a historical rivalry that they have to maintain—a rivalry that they've been playing const- consistently for the past, you know, like sixty years. Syracuse. So, you know, if you're adding Pitt, you're also getting Syracuse. Yeah, I was gonna say it's gotta right. be Syracuse. Oh God! I mean, LSU and, and Syracuse. LSU has already went up to Syracuse I, before. I'm, LSU Pitt. Sounds like a national title game from 1931. Like uh, Pitt, Pitt went to the Sugar Bowl to play LSU. That feels right. Like, That's that right. Feels... In 1959, it happened. 
It happened. It, no matter what this is, it happened. We also, of course, have two sponsors or have affiliate links for two folks. Commission, you want to explain the seven coffee roasters one because I can never remember all the steps. Okay. So all the steps for seven coffee roasters, it's weird because they didn't give us a code. Uh, but basically, I, I beveled the instructions here, which is uh, amazing. Uh, for maximum seven, readability. For maximum mm-hmm. readability, I be- beveled for your pleasure. You, stro- you stroked it well. I stroked it well. Thank you, Bridget, for giving me advice. Yep, on, I, on I asked him to increase the stroke just a little bit. Yeah, you stroked, stroked it. it. And it came up. It was beautiful. Thank you. All right. Stroked it. It was great. So this is seven market, uh, seven coffee roasters. There's two locations in Seattle. Uh, apparently one of our followers is already on the subscription plan for this, which yeah. they, they loved it. Um, if you click our link, there's going to be a pop-up that shows up that says, enter your email for first time customers. You get a 15% coupon, stay on the link, check your email in another folder or whatever you do, grab the code and then, uh, order some awesome coffee, which mine is arriving, I think tomorrow. And I'm super excited to like grind this coffee and just smell it. Um, I, I love smelling coffee before I drink it. It's, it's awesome. Uh, and you know, basically the shipping's including in the price included in the pricing of the coffee. So the coffee, like you're like, why is it like 1691 or whatever? That's the shipping that's already included in it. Uh, shipping's already included in that. Then use your code, get that 15% off and then get the fresh roasted coffee. They ship, they roast every day. You get it within three to five business days. Anywhere in the United States, fresh roasted coffee and bagged, like essentially in-house, which I mean, uh, one person said that they, they've had Kona coffee before uh, on the island and it's never touched it. Bridget, you are actually in the Seattle area. I mean, I'm assuming you've had both. Um, Yeah, it was, um, it was up by um, my old house on my way to UW actually. Yeah. Is the Kona coffee, the Hawaiian coffee, just basically close to the same flavor or basically the same flavor? I would have to grab my husband who is a coffee master to explain the difference. There we go. Yeah. All right. If coffee, you, coffee's coffee delicious. Coffee it's delicious. It is really good. I will say, like, they are a very good coffee roaster here in Seattle, and I am kind of a snob. All right. That's good. And then, as always, if you love soft, wonderful, comfy apparel that's licensed for all sorts of colleges around the country, go to Homefield Apparel. This week, for our Sicko's Shirt Showdown, we have four shirts that are available for 25% off. Uh, women's basketball matchup this week is Ohio State versus Iowa. It's the beautiful yellow Iowa shirt with the black script. It's one of my yeah. favorite looks. We do and love script on this podcast. Do love script. We, we're about script. And it, then, it, I know we've had that shirt before, but it's just like get get that shirt. It's cla- it's a classic. It's a and, classic. And, and it's two versus four. Right, that's a big game. Yeah. And then on the other side for men's, we have Kansas State hoops in a beautiful purple shirt. Versus Cincinnati, their 1961-1962 national champ shirt with the bear, with the king, with the crown on, with the basketball. And those shirts are part of our Sicko Shirt Showdown. You can Google that. It will come up. And if you use Offer Code Committee, you get 25% off those shirts, even if you've used the code before. If you're ordering just whatever from Homefield, you've never ordered from them before, what's wrong with you? But in case in case you haven't, use Offer Code YES, HA 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 YES, that's three HAs. 15% off your first order. But the Circle Shirt Showdown shirts are 25% off with offer code committee. And they're no matter how many times you've ordered from them, that code still works for those shirts. Right. They are while they last. 
we got 13 shirts left. They they rotate in and out, so go fast. Um, we still have like the ones we had last week, the LSU, Tennessee. Uh, that Lady Vols shirt is so good. And that Lady Vols like back to back to back national title. The Duncan Buzz for Georgia Tech. That shirt is is phenomenal. It's it's nineties um, as hell. I love it. Yeah, I I've personally bought the Indiana State Sicko Moors. Yeah, that shirt. I love it. They have the Boise State Bronco. Uh, the Friars hoops, and then we have the dunking Hoya for Georgetown. Still up there. Get it, get it. Hurry, Come on, Georgetown fans. Come George, on, hey, hey, Georgetown. You're going to turn around someday. You might as well get a shirt now. That's right. It's on sale. And so we go into our second half of our program, the, the second act of what we do, and we're going to talk about this week a double Wikua Siwi. What is coming up, and why should I watch it? Episode. This is. Uh, what is coming up and why should I watch it? Uh, Joey, can we do the Iditarod first? Of course. So There's a Brid- lot more history to go through, I'm, so I assume. Bridget is here and she's going to talk to us about the Iditarod. The Iditarod. The Iditarod. Um, I don't know if you, like me, just read a lot of Jack London as a kid or you watched the cinematic masterpiece Balto. Love me some Balto. Uh, <laughs> it was a very good movie. Not Obviously not accurate, but that's what we're here to talk about. So the Iditarod um, mushing as a mode of transport dates from at least 6,000 BCE. Another fun fact is that uh, your boy Norwegian explorer Roald Amundsen beat Robert Falcon Scott to the South Pole in 1911 by using sled dogs instead of Siberian ponies. Um, and he will come up again later. Um, if you want to re- learn more about him, uh, you should read The Last Viking. It's a real good book. So there are two... Oh, Siberian ponies are adorable. Aren't they? Yeah. Oh my God. They're like fluffy ponies. Little fluffy babies. Yeah. When she said sled dogs, I was reminded by that horrible movie, Snow Dogs with Cuba Gooden Jr. Yeah. After he won won his Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm I'm sorry. Where he's just like fully phoning it in from there. Oh, for sure. I'm not going to say like, who doesn't want to hang out with some Huskies? I mean, I do. Same. The fluffy um, ponies also so, have really good bangs. Just saying. Yes. Great right? Like, I will never have bangs that nice. Like, I think I do. And then I remember that I can't do bangs. Oh, okay. So two things happened with the Iditarod race. So the Iditarod Trail was used primarily by Native Alaskans from Seward uh, in the south to Nome um, in the northwest of Alaska, kind of northwest central. Uh, by Dena'ina and Dekitan Athabaskans, Yupik and Inupiaq, Native Alaskans. Um, the discovery of gold in Nome exploded the quote-unquote development. I'm doing quote fingers because podcasting is a visual medium, uh, which were like roadhouses and things, places to stress your dogs, uh, roughly 20 miles apart, about an average day's travel by sled along the trail until its disuse in World War I. Um, this is your gold rush. And then the Iditarod Sled Dog Trail Race uh, commemorates the part of the trail used in the serum one, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, there's a lot more places that you can learn about mushing, um, but you kind of have to go to Alaska for that. But if you want to do that, there's the Sheldon Jackson Museum in Sitka and in Fairbanks, the Morris Thompson Cultural Center and the Museum in the North uh, in Fairbanks, go Nanooks. So the serum run of 1925, if you've seen the movie Balto, you know about this. Um, the diphtheria antitoxin supply in Nome had expired in the winter of 1925. Um, you'll note the day after the flu pandemic of 1918. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a large native population around Nome with no resistance to the flu. So they'd been devastated by that. And they let it would be again if 
uh, no antitoxin came for diphtheria. There were obviously white settlers, but there was a huge native population and nobody wants um, lots of people to die. So they put in a call to governor, governor and the government of Alaska in Juneau try to figure things out, but Nome, because it's so remote, was only accessible by dog sled in the winter as the waters of the Bering Strait obviously freeze. And while you might be familiar with bush planes, they were ubiquitous now, but they were still in their early stages and had been dismantled for the winter. Uh, I said Roald Amundsen was coming up again, and he had supported flying a plane um, either from Fairbanks or getting it on like um, an aircraft carrier, basically, and bringing it up. As far the, as we could, um, yeah. Yeah, as far as we could from Seattle, which is a really long way by boat, long I will say. Yeah, it's like it takes like six days to get to Anchorage by boat. It's it's a long way, um, but they wanted to get it up as far as they could and then try to fly it in. But the weather was very bad. Uh, Fairbanks being negative fifty degrees Fahrenheit. Oh God! Yeah, they just the storm was just so bad they couldn't get through. Um, one thing I do want to note: um, the name of the Alaskan governor at this time, Scott Bone. Okay. Just fun name. Oh yeah, just needed Scott to put Bone. that out there. Scott the great Bone. grandfather of Ken Bone. Bone. That's what Go- doggy. <laughs> Governor, <laughs> Governor Bone. Governor Bone. Oh, he looks like a Governor Bone too. I'll pop the picture. Picturing yeah. him in a red sweater. His mustache <laughs> was out there. <laughs> we need to save the people of no. Um, so he handpicked Leonard Sapala, um, who um, he chose to begin the race and was the person who finished the race. Um, but. Um, most of the mushing that was done, especially after leaving Yenana, uh, was by native Athabascans. So this, uh, the serum run was run. Um, they got it up by train to Yenana, which is near Fairbanks, and then mushed it across to Nome. So the Iditarod sled dog race. Um, I don't think I knew that Nome was like out on the little pointy out. It's so far. It's, it's, it's so way far. out there. It's it's just basically yeah. what we were talking about, like uh, Yukovic, uh, Barrow. Yeah. Just yep. it's it's way out there, but like Barrow is way to the north. But like Nome is just this basically is like all this is like Russia. It is like Russia. Yeah, it's essentially literally. Yes. Yeah, that's right. You can see them from yeah. your backyard. Mm-hmm. You can. Thanks, Sarah. You can actually see Russia from your front yard, um, but. Like, and if you look at pictures, especially if you're looking at the trail, like from safety to Nome, like the yeah, Iditarod, like posting on their Instagram, like there's nothing. Like you get over the mountains and it's just, it's flat and it's water and it's ice and it's frozen and that's Nome. Jeez. So yeah. So the sled dog trail race, um, Joe Reddington Sr., who's known as the father of the Iditarod for reopening the trail along with other Alaskans. Um, after its continued use, disuse until the 1970s, um, they ran the first um, Iditarod from the south to the north in 1973, and it was designated a National Historic Trail in 1978. More fun facts about it, um, always won by uh, Alaska residents until 1995 when Doug Swingley from Sims, Montana, was the first non-Alaskan resident musher to win, and then won on a three-peat in 99, 2000, and 2001. So there's there's some Montana versus everybody for you. That's right. Throw that Montana in there. Yep. Yep. She's also a she. Besides being a UW fan, she is a Montana State fan. Montana State alum. All right, That's Montana State alum. I just want to make sure I, I don't want to associate you nope, with those good. Grizzlies. All right. 
I mean, so I'm Montana versus my rooting interests go from Montana State to Montana if Mon- if uh, Montana State is out, which I know is heresy in a lot of spots. Um, and then Big Sky Conference, and then just your your underdog. There you go. But okay. we're, we're very loyal to Montana, especially because right. my husband's from Missoula. So I can't I can't hate the Grizz. Wait, wait, did you like marry like? Like was it like Montana State versus in Montana in the, in a marriage? And that's what it is. Montana. Yeah. Oh, so oh. He, oh, this he is... and I went. He went. Hell I went yeah. to MSU, and his dad and his brother went to Montana. This is oh. story. Is, yeah, his mom is the neutral party as a Virginia Tech. The Romeo and Juliet story of Montana. Yes, God. Well, no. So like we both went to MSU. Oh, okay. him, his his dad and his brother went to Montana. Gotcha, gotcha, oh. gotcha. So it, so it's it's a it's more house divided versus just. Oh like, God, that it. house is. But so I divi- will say, I will say, his his dad is a Vikings fan and his mom is a Packers fan. So that's even. Oh my God, even that's even more divided. How yeah, divided could that house be? If Bridget becomes a Bears fan. Yeah. Oh okay. God, I don't hate. I love myself. I love myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and that's why I'm a Packers fan. fan as the neutral party here. Yeah. Yeah. She like from North Carolina, went to Virginia Tech and ended up in Montana. And she's sure. the neutral party in the rivalry. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> so, so uh, very loyal to Montana. Um, so the ceremonial start for the uh, Iditarod begins in Anchorage. This year it will happen on March 2nd. Um, it'll be live streamed on Iditarod.com if you want to watch. Um, but the actual start to the race is in Willow, Alaska on March 3rd. So they basically repack everything, get everybody set, restart it the next day. So they, this is like just the parade lap, basically? Yep. Just like there's a big, um, I think it's Sea Alaska in Anchorage. Mm-hmm. And they um, just get everybody set. Everybody packs the start line. Cheers. They run for a little bit and then get everybody to Willow. And then just restart from there. Okay. So there's 23 stops um, from the ceremonial start in Anchorage to Nome. Um, your shortest distance is 18 miles from an Alaskans. I'm really sorry if I say these wrong. Um, Golovina White Mountain, and your longest is 85 miles from Caltag to Anolakleet. Oh my god! You're running 922 miles total from Willow. Oh. And uh, your route switch uh, every other year. So there's a northern route and a southern route because the towns along the route are so remote Mm -hmm. that you have people coming to support the mushers. You have people coming to watch and you don't want to overburden these very small remote towns. So they switch. And 2024 is a northern route. Are the routes Um, about the the same distance? Yeah, they're about the same distance. It's just a matter of like you get up and you go this way and then there's a point where you can kind of go Okay. Kind of around. If you look at the map, again, podcasting is a visual medium. Totally. Um, but you'll see the difference between the route. Um, they switch every they switch every year, except on years when there's no snow, which I think was like 2019 when there just was not enough snow on the southern route. So they just go north. Okay. So they just they did the northern route that that year. So uh, I did write your fastest time was set in 2017 by Mitch Seavey. Uh, eight days, three hours, forty minutes, and thirteen seconds. That feels so fast for nine hundred so miles fast. on with dogs. So fast. And then your longest time was set in nineteen seventy four by Carl Huntington at twenty days, fifteen hours, two minutes, and seven seconds. I, I assume they just thought he was dead. Like they, they assumed just well, everyone had died. <laughs> was was that well, the longest winning time? 
or no he my dude was way at the back okay so this is like the the person this is just who finishes the longest the marathon. To ever okay. finish yeah this is your final finisher and what they do is they um the same way they did in the serum run they put a uh like basically a ceremonial light on the gate into like the gate into gnome mm-hmm. and they just light that lantern um until the last person finishes so when the last person finishes they take that out so speaking of strategy, so you have 12 to 14 dogs per team. You need at least five of them to be on the tow line at the finish, which means you just need five dogs mm-hmm. um, pulling at least five to finish. Um, you cannot add in dogs during the race. So like if a bunch of your dogs get hurt and you can't run, you're out. Um, but you can switch dogs as you need to. Like if your dog's just exhausted, they need medical care, anything like that um, for animal safety. Uh, vets are at every single checkpoint and they check the mushroom's diaries of what the dogs eat and drink and just check up on them. Um, dogs also undergo ECGs and checkups, including blood work by Iditarod vets prior to the race every year to make sure that they're healthy enough to run. Um, and there's a big thing on the Iditarod website if you want to see how they like evaluate the dogs and how they care for the dogs. Um, it's really neat. I would recommend reading it. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so your current champion is Ryan Reddington. And yes, his grandfather is that Joe Reddington Sr. Huh. Um, Ryan uh, trains his dogs near noted murderous Great Lake, Lake Superior. Just want to shout out the Red, the Edmund Fitzgerald. You're never forgotten. Always in our hearts. Um, and last year, so there is some bad vibes, very bad news around uh, this year's Iditarod. So last year's Rookie of the Year, Eddie Burke, was disqualified. Um, for domestic violence allegations. And we won't be talking about him. And then last year's winner, Brent Sass, was disqualified for, uh, let's say, sexual assault allegations. Nope. Oh, my God. So we're also not talking about him. Yeah. Twice in like a week, they're like, oh, two guys disqualified by Rule 53. That's that's recent, too. And they don't say anything about it. Yeah. This is in the last like week and a half. Jesus. um, both of them got disqualified. Right. So we're not talking about either of them. Instead, I've chosen to talk about uh, the 2020 Rookie of the Year, uh, Millie Porcelid. She's from Denmark. She finished 15th in 2020 at 10 days, 1 hour, 43 minutes, and 15 seconds. In 2021, she received the Leonard Sapala Humanitarian Award for dog care, um, the person who takes like the best care of their dogs on the route. Um, and her grandfather founded the first Arctic research station in Greenland, which I thought was a very fun fact. Um, she's done long haul dog sled trips in Greenland, Finland, Russia, Norway, Sweden, Alaska, and across Canada. Um, her first race was the 800 mile Nadezhda Hope race in Chukotka, Russia. Um, in the Iditarod, she finished fifth in 2021, 14th in 2022, and ninth in 2023. Um, and because she's from Denmark, she's still classified as a non-Alaskan, even though um, she lives in Alaska. But that's just that's how they classify people. Okay. Um, and I thought this was fun. Um, all of these sponsors are listed on the Iditarod site for each of the mushers. And one of Millie's sponsors this year is Mrs. Holfoss third graders. Adorable. <laughs> Amazing. This is this is one of those things that. I think gets romanticized because again, I think I read so many like call of the wild kind of things and like, Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like, and like when I was in fourth grade, I had a friend move from Ketchikan to Laramie, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is Alaska? Holy crap. 
And then um, that's when I started like getting into like the Iditarod and like the years of like Susan Butcher from Fairbanks. And like, if you're in Fairbanks, actually you can go and like visit her dog kennel because she still has it. And you can like mush with her. Like that's just the thing you can do in Fairbanks. So how many dogs are usually on a sled? Like at a given point? Um, I would say average, probably like seven to nine, okay. but um, like if you like need to rest a dog, you can run with as few as five, right? Like four, one of the lead. How are you like resting dogs? Like, I mean, are they just on the sled with you? Uh, what, no. So you unhook, so you get to the checkpoint, you unhook everybody. They bed down, like they have stuff there to bed everybody down for the night. Like if the dogs want to sleep outside, they'll sleep on the hay. Mm -hmm. They'll just, Hey, the dogs will curl up in a big ball. It's very cute. Everybody rest. Cause you have to rest. Like certain amount everybody rests everybody eats and then it's a matter of strategy for when you're gonna leave so same as like a pit stop in f1 you see this person boxing you see this musher leaving you think okay like they're this far behind me or they're this far ahead of me but i need to rest my dogs or i need to sleep or i need to do this like all that is constantly in your mind is it is it a total time then? Like they add up the they add up the total time. Yep, the sec from the second you start in Willow to the second you end. Okay, and so resting no. is theoretically optional if you want to just gun it. If you do, but then you won't. But have then dogs you'll have very run. sad dogs. Yeah, yeah yes. you're, you're not gonna make it. Yeah, no. Okay, we do not want sad dogs. Yeah, no, and then you, then you'll get like disqualified from the Iditarod because you ran your dogs too much. I will say I am I am of course not the mushing expert on the pod, uh, but I if you are interested in learning more and also seeing so many cute dog pics, follow Blair, Blair Braverman on Twitter. Uh, she posts many many pictures of her dog, and her book Welcome to the Goddamn Ice Cube is pretty good. Not about the Iditarod, but about learning to dog sled. Nice, pretty good on my on my list. Um, yeah, there's there's a ton of like outdoors companies, especially around like Fairbanks, that will post like. Um, like things you like, oh, you can go like to Chena Hot Springs and you can go like mushing like in the summer with just dogs and like you can go in the winter and like that's their whole thing. Um, there's a ton, there's a ton out there if you want to find them. It's all quality content. Am I, keep it am I correct to think that summer dog sledding is like roller dog sledding? Kind of like roller yes. they'll pull you, but it's almost like you're on like it kind of like an ATV sometimes. Like you can be on a sled. But you can also just kind of be like on like an ATV with like seats and seat belts. Yeah, and I'm just out you. here. I'm out here in my crop top. Uh, I'm in line dog sledding. Uh, <laughs> it's 50 <laughs> degrees in Fairbanks in the summer, and I'm just woo. I, I would like to list some of the <laughs> dog names from winning teams, including okay, Puppy and Sugar, Skipper and Shrew, Wilbur and Cora Gray, Axel and Dugan, Sluggo and Lightning, Tyrone and D2. Jake and Booster, Blondie and Fearless, Stormy and Cola, Stormy and Peppy, oh. Larry and Hobo, which I think is a great. Uh, my personal favorite is uh, Velvet That's and. That's my favorite sketch comedy. Uh, Velvet and Snickers. Oh. <laughs> You're not just Nelf. Have a Snickers, Snickers. One, one of the one of the dogs <laughs> in, in Bluey is named Snickers, and it's not give your dog Snickers. I love Snickers. It's the little dog. Don't, don't give your dog Snickers. Yeah. And and there's a dog and he can't sit up. 
and there's there's a there's a part in Bluey where they're playing Shadowlands. They're trying to like run from shadows, and Snickers is running slow because he has little legs. And Bluey yells out, "Move your little sausage dog legs, Snickers!" And it just makes me laugh every time. Uh, also, K two and Bark, Pilot and Crisp, and uh, North and Gamble. Some of my favorites. I think. Thank you, Bridget, for yeah. That's thank you guys about. for having me. This is and this it, it starts on the special interest. The, the second is the ceremonial start in Anchorage, and then it starts for really real on the third. Can we so, can we track it online? Like, is there a way to track? You it? can. So there's so the way that they track the dogs is the dogs have like GPS collars. Mm-hmm. Right, the same as you'd put on like a hunting dog if you were sending them out hunting. Um, but they also have their microchips and then they track them by collar and by microchip. So that's where they track where the dogs are every single second. Um, and like the Iditarod has like a subscription plan where you can do, I don't know, you can do all this stuff. Um, but you'll have to see like what is free and what is not. But there's also just mad highlights out there. Cool. Ooh, for 40 bucks, I can get this, the GPS tracker. Uh, that's not a bad deal, actually. I had considered asking, like, if you guys want Iditarod coverage, like, I wouldn't say no to just being like, what are they doing now? I'm just paying for the subscription. That, that I might, mean, we could that write that off on a business expense. Yeah, that's that's a business expense. <laughs> yeah, we write that off. I'm like, hey, I got the card. Okay, Joey, it's your turn. <laughs> Let's talk about Formula One. That's is, right. is is Max Verstappen going to win every race this part, year? Part part two of the Wascuzzi. It is Formula One. Uh. Oh, oh, God. Uh, oh, God. I feel dirty. <laughs> so, uh, I, was all exp- I was so excited oh. to talk about Max Verstappen, and now I'm just going to sit here. Formula, Formula oh, 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 no, no, no. all of you that my dad <laughs> no, listens no. to this podcast. Formula Master P. Formula oh, no, 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 no. Jokes Before on, you jump on in you. the game, oh, let's get one thing understood. If you're rooting for Red Bull... You better make sure your car is good. <laughs> I had a bit prepared for the start of the segment, and I think I'm just going to punt it because. <laughs> <laughs> Master I was P. not expecting Master P to Master show up. Master P, Formula One, Formula oh. usually the, like Usually I'm the one making a Master P reference, and nobody gets it. Master P, oh. You're in the right place. We make crack like this with Carlos Sainz. in my spiritual home. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Okay, tell us about this thing. <laughs> I can pivot if you want bridges here. I can talk about my K-pop wall. Oh god! <laughs> oh my god! Wait. Okay. Wait. What? Oldest group? You're gonna have to pan through the K-pop uh, wall slower, Joey. I'm not sure. Actually, it's not actually mine. It's my partner's. There you but, go. Okay. Is, is George uh, Russell like uh, you know selling George rocks out of K-pop his big body bands? Somewhere there is a market for K-pop for. Formula One drivers as K-pop bands, and that's not my market. At oh, much. you'd be surprised at the amount of like, oh like, yeah, K-popified like chibi merch. That I you have the op- I have the opposite because my partner I mean, showed me uh, edits of the Stray Kids K-pop group in Formula One race suits. There you go. So, oh yeah. Um. So yeah, the uh, to answer Jordan's earlier question, is Max Verstappen going to win every race this year? Almost certainly, but it should still be fun to watch if you're like me. And the sickos on Too Fast, Too Sickos, and you enjoy watching the midfields. I'm running this a little bit differently than Bridges Iditarod, uh, because I'm kind of working... I wrote this on the basis that people sort of know what Formula One is already. Yeah. But if you don't, it's a touring circuit of open-wheel race cars, uh, which is exactly what it sounds like. You have 
usually around 53 laps, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. And there's 10 teams. You have uh, three brand, three compounds of dry tires, soft, medium, hard. You have to use two of them every dry race. There's also inters and wets. It is it is so smart that they stopped no. doing uh, fuel in Formula One because they used to do fuel pit stops too, mm-hmm. but shit used mm-hmm. to keep catching on fire. Yeah. Yes. They, they stopped doing fuel pit stops for that exact reason because things get kept getting caught on fire. But if you've seen the last couple years of Formula One, things still get caught on fire sometimes. That, that they is gotta, they gotta bring back mid race refueling. Oh God, that's it, it. Was so dicey. It was always so dicey, and things would just explode into fireballs. Every other series in the world has figured it out. I don't entirely know why mm-hmm. it's so much more dangerous in Formula One than in NASCAR. It is though. Like maybe it's to do with the fuel combinations. I'm not a mechanic. F1 cars are like over engineered, like every German car, but worse. And so I assume that's yeah. part of the problem. Well, the problem with the German cars is the Mercedes isn't that, isn't that good anymore. Well, the, the other thing with F1 cars is like they're all like everything on the car is engineered by the teams, right? So like if you watch NASCAR or I mean IndyCar is is even more so, there are a lot of things where the series has kind of come together and said like, "Look, we're going to design this part this way for safety reasons." Mm-hmm. And that that standardization is important for safety there because it means that you can design it for safety instead of performance. Mm-hmm. And in F1, the tradition is that basically like everything is designed for performance unless until, like, until someone has to come in and tell you to stop right, doing your shit. Right. There's so, definitely been- right. Or, or you bring in the halo and you have a bunch of people saying, well, it's going to ruin the cars and it's going to do this. It's like, do you want your drivers to live? And for, and for, and for a long time, the answer was no. Yeah, for a long yeah. time, they were they were super okay with just losing a driver uh-huh. every season. Drivers were very expendable. Uh, well, I mean, you got to you got to think about it, right? Like, there's the weight of the car, and and you know, you want to win, right? Mm-hmm. Winning's the important thing, and yeah. uh, you know that gets priority over some other things. That, that extra extra couple kilograms that Halo wears, uh, I don't know if I'm not going to throw that in there. Yeah, to uh, talk. To bring people in from NASCAR, the '80s in NASCAR was basically imagine a bunch of European Smoky Yunix. That's what all Formula One was, uh, or Smoky Yunix. I, I said it. That's so wrong. <laughs> Smoky Yunix was the guy's name. Sure. Uh, anyways, so the the thing that they do nowadays is they uh, to save performance instead of cutting safety, they'll cut aesthetics. So you'll see a lot of black cars now because that's just the color of the raw carbon fiber. So Ferrari and Aston Martin are like the only ones that are committed to making their car always red or always green. But you'll see like the Red Bull will have a lot of black or that they just like shave off the paint basically to make the car lighter. And yeah, people underneath are upset black. that there's not enough pink. Now it's just mostly black. Yeah, so Al- Alpine had and this is probably why you heard that alpine had teased the pink car this year but it ended up being blue and black they had a they had a pink car for some races last year because they have the sponsorship with bwt yeah if you watched the first couple seasons of drive to survive you saw racing point they were the pink team they are now aston martin uh because they were pink because they had the bwt sponsorship and that's that company's color so i figured skip the what is formula one because most people who listen will know i'm just going to go through 
some of the uh, some of the changes that I have in this year. Give a quick recap of each team, and then we can kind of I don't know if you're if you don't already have a team, you can pick a team to root for this year. I'm I'm just at the end. I'll just sing the Dutch national anthem because that's how it's going to go every time. Traditional way, yeah. You know? Pretty much. We'll get Red Bull out of the way. Their drivers are Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez. New thing this year, each team has to have an academy driver, which is going to be a rookie female driver that drives in the F1 Academy series that happens before six races this year. They have, um, I believe, Arab driver Hamda Al-Kabasi, and then their reserve driver is Liam Lawson, who had some drives in the AlphaTauri last year. They should cruise. So their principal is Christian Horner. Their storylines this year are should they should cruise to an easy win. But what if they don't? They will. Um, Sergio is yeah. also driving for his job. If this ends up being Sergio Perez versus Max Verstappen, if Sergio is not keeping up with Max Verstappen, he's probably out of a job. I mean, it's the, it's the same car. You might as well. If the car is good enough to get Max around that fast, Sergio should at least be coming in within like two or three. I feel. Yeah, that is. So, and then I have a, a one-line sickos potential for each team. What you want to root for for this team to happen if you're rooting for pure sickos. And that is, if things don't go perfectly as planned, there will be a total meltdown. They are famously impatient over there. I will not be surprised if they are somehow, like through uh, through bad luck or just someone else nailing the, the regulations this year, mm-hmm. if they are second in the driver's standings come a third of the way through the season, everyone but Max is fired. Almost certainly. I know there's some issues ongoing with their uh, team principal, Mr. Horner. Yeah, uh, I, which, I skipped over his name. I'm all not right. gonna, I will not gonna just, talk about that. You know, there's some issues there. There's some allegations. We're gonna leave that there. I, I'm almost anticipating like if 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 Red Bull does not win one of the first three races, there's gonna be some heads gone immediately. Yeah, to put it in a sort of cynical way, they would love a handy excuse to get rid of him. Uh, honestly, I don't anticipate that happening. Um, because these cars are just ridiculous and their partnership with Honda is phenomenal. It's not Honda anymore. I should say. Oh, they switched. They, they, it's still the same engine, but they bought it out from Honda. It is going to be badged as a Ford. Oh, not, it's not a Ford engine, but Mm. it's going to have the Ford logo on it. They're making it in house. Okay. Maybe it's, It's a weird situation there where Honda like got cold feet and was going to pull out of Formula One and then they changed their mind. And so they stopped officially being Red Bull's engine supplier, but they still now are like doing a lot of stuff with Red Bull for now while they wait for the new engines to come along in which when they'll they'll move to another team. But yeah, it's, it's just kind of funny that like they had this setup where they were supplying the winning okay, team. That's, that's and kind of more sickos just, now. Like, just for like corporate oh, stuff. Late, yeah. They yeah, like I mean like there's Ford involved up. now. So there's Ford involved and then like you know, Honda like backed away a little bit, even though it's still kind of on the same engine. Yeah, yeah, and this was after yeah. This was after Max had won his first championship and then Honda's like, Oh, we're out. So oh, when you look okay. at the end of the team name, it's RBPT, which is Red Bull Powertrain, okay. which is their engine supplier. So like the end right. of every like 
team is basically like oh like uh, Renault like Mercedes or whatever. Okay. Yeah, so- I mean there's there's a long history in F1 of like you can sell a sponsorship on your engine even if that's not like the actual company making the engine. Like mm-hmm. Red Bull at one point had their engines officially badged as being made by a watch company. Correct. Um yep. of course their engines were not actually made by a watch company. They were made by a car company. It was just like they just sold the naming rights to their engine to a watch company. I feel like it's funny because like Red Bull, like one of their biggest sponsors is Oracle. And so I feel like that would be like a more natural sponsor to sell, like to say like, oh yeah, like our cars are now powered by Oracle. But because like, I feel like that's something that could power other things versus like Red Bull powertrains is is like just a mouthful. But since it's a temporary situation, like they're going to end up as being called Ford engines soon, they just probably just didn't bother with it. Yeah, the watch company thing was when Red Bull had a fight with Renault while still buying Renault engines. And we're like, we don't want to say we have Renault engines anymore. We don't want to give them free sponsorship. So we're going to say these engines are made by the watch company. But Arthur brings up the point. These teams have, uh, I'm just calling them by their like what fans call them but these teams official names are pretty long uh and they have to, if you don't make your own engine you have to put the name of the engine provider at the end of the name so for example aston martin is aston martin mercedes technically well with with a ramco in there but yes yes oh well, well aston martin's name is a lot longer yes uh so moving on from red bull ferrari this is where the storylines start kicking a little bit their drivers are charles leclerc and carlos Sainz for now as my six-year-old says, Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz. They this blinded him with science. Him. Because, so, and their third driver is Antonio Giovinazzi, and their academy driver is Maya Weg. I think that's how you pronounce that. She's Dutch. Their principal is Fred Visser, who Ferrari fans hate because he can't speak Italian. He's French. Um, wait, wait. So they, wait, Ferrari has a principal that doesn't speak Italian? It was a big yep. controversy. Holy crap. It was a whole thing last year. Holy crap. My my comparison to uh, to any any hockey fans out there is, remember that time the Habs first hired an English coach? That time's 100. Jesus. That's, that's kind of like, oh, man. So, uh, so many angry finger pinches. So much I of mean, this. Like, like the French, like I don't know what their hand gesture is. Like compared to the uh, okay, it's just the middle finger, uh, and then the you know the Italian hand gesture. Uh, so the big storyline with Ferrari, if you haven't heard, in 2025 they're announcing this a full year early. Lewis Hamilton is going to sign with Ferrari day one of free agency, which is insane. So Lewis Hamilton's going from Mercedes to Ferrari. And this is essentially leaving Carlos Sainz out of seat. Correct. So Sainz is sort of competing this year less for his team and more to find a new job in 2025. So this, like, Carlos is just basically the entire year that Carlos has is his LinkedIn profile. Correct. And that's going to be a big thing, especially with... And the fact is, Ferrari last year... You didn't see as many Ferrari jokes on the timeline because they were actually a lot more stable last year. They were a pretty consistent third or fourth or second place team, depending on the week. 
Fred Vasseur was a lot less prone to hilarious errors than his predecessor Mattia Bonato was. Uh, but I miss, to our I, I miss I miss Charles much, like taking much to like, our dismay. It's on the Char- set, two Char- Charles is the best. Always, it, was, it was always okay. First and qualifying on Let's pole, go great. F. And then <laughs> two laps later, oh no, the car just exploded. The electricity died. Oh no, there's a badger in it. I don't know. So this for the sickos potential for this team. There's two options we have. One is last year was a fluke, and we get a return to the Ferrari we know and love where they start running on plan X by lap three. Or they end up being really good this year, but Sainz outperforms Leclerc, which is possible. I think they're pretty close in talent. I kind of think they both are. So if Sainz, because they've already announced, like they haven't said Lewis Hamilton's coming, we don't know who's staying. It's Charles staying. Well, I mean, Charles Charles signed an extension, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's through like 2020. Like... Well, I, saw, I thought I like saw that? 2031, yeah. but it may not be. Something right. like that. I, I think Max is 2031, but yeah. So that is going to be a big thing. If Sainz outperforms Leclerc this year, that's going to raise a lot of questions at Ferrari. Did they make the right decision and why? And announcing it so early. And then following that, Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton, George Russell, their reserve is Mick Schumacher, and uh, their academy driver is Dorian Pinn. You made a face, Mick Schumacher, the former Haas driver, and yes, the son of Michael Schumacher. Yeah. Their principal so like, still Total Wolf. Sorry, Mick. Mick total uh, totally left Haas to be the backup driver in Mercedes, which essentially he's going to replace Lewis, most likely. So probably not is the thing because oh. Mercedes actually has a pretty deep farm system in Formula Two and Three that they'd rather keep racing in Formula Two and Three than sit on the sidelines this year as the reserve. Point of order, as someone who watches motorsports, but mostly not F1, this Haas is the same Haas that runs in every other motorsport, yes? Yes, correct. Well, no, no, no. So, well, so there's... Kind there's of? Gene Haas. This is Gene Haas. Yeah, there's a different Haas who's no longer around that the... If you remember the old IndyCar team, Newman Haas, that's a different Haas. But this Haas is the same Haas as the Stuart Haas team that got massively fined today in NASCAR for having parts that were bad. Again, crimes. they're constantly getting fined. It's they would incredible. be doing a lot better in F1 if they did more crimes. They're too cheap to do F1 crimes. F1 crimes. Yeah, if they bothered to crimes. do anything at all, they would do so much better. And yet they don't because we'll Gene get to them in a minute. Boy. Have they considered saving their money and not doing NASCAR crimes so they can then afford to do F1 crimes? F1 crimes are so expensive. F1 crimes are so, so expensive. Uh, so this is, this is Mercedes's last season with Lewis Hamilton. They've been trying to recover from a few bad years. This is probably the last year before a total rebuild, unless they can pull something magical out of their hat this year. Sicko's potential for this team, beat Ferrari. That's all you got to do. Beat Ferrari. And suddenly the pressure's going to be on Lewis and not you. Also, if they don't, you get some fun Toto rage because you get a German man screaming while throwing headsets. He does produce a lot of good, like, you know, reaction videos and, and GIFs and everything like that. He used to be stoic. Used to. Not anymore. It's not as fun now that they don't have the uh, race control radio. They, yeah, they, they got made rid of a that he was getting too angry. Yeah, they made a mistake getting rid of that. Because that was, like, actually interesting stuff. Uh, Aston Martin, uh, their drivers are Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll. Their reserve is Jahan Deruvla. Their 
Academy driver is Tina Houseman. Their principal is my crack. Uh, wait, wait. Do it. Yep. You heard it. Mike crack. Yep. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> would you like to know how it's spelled in my notes? It's how you think it is. Um. <laughs> so the the storylines for this season, if you don't know, Aston Martin is owned by Lawrence Stroll. Yes, I did say one of the drivers is named Lance Stroll. Yeah, that's right. That's that's his son and Nepo Lance Stroll, baby. Lance Stroll is a Nepo baby. He does deserve an F one seat. I will say that he's good enough. Yeah. But just like he's good enough. This is the year where he's probably got to prove that he's more than good enough uh, because he's partnered with Fernando Alonso. He was eh, he was he was beat by Fernando Alonso pretty badly last year, but he wasn't yeah. like trounced. Fernando was was basically hitting podiums and like personally, the commission did not necessarily have a favorite driver. Like my my six year old loves Carlos Sainz. Uh, and and signs or whatever. I, I I have to call it Carlos Signs because that's what the the kiddo loves. But my old ass self, basically representing Fernando Alonso because he's essentially my age, driving an F one car and just doing some things last year in that Aston Martin. Uh, by the way, Mike Crack is Luxembourgish. <laughs> is I don't like know a Luxembourg Mike Mike. Crack. Mike Crack is Luxembourgish. That's right. His his uh his his co-partner is Mike Hunt. <laughs> and and his other principal is is Phil McCracken. But <laughs> so the sicko's potential with Aston Martin Fucking is those uh, jokes here. God. is just Fernando Alonso's temperament. Because if if they are good, he is going to talk the most amount of shit to every other driver on the yeah, grid. Yeah, of course he should. If they are bad, he is going to scream as loud as he can and start crying, which he has done in the past on the radio. It's very fun either way. I, I mean, I relate to Fernando. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the other thing here, and this is the case for a lot of the grid. So this offseason was weird in that literally every single team saw their lineup and just said, like, yeah, let's run it back. Like, even the team that finished last was like, yep, let's just run it back. But there are a lot of drivers in contract years. And Alonzo, it's especially the case because he could resign, he could go to another team, or he could retire. He's retired before and come back. And so, like, that is something that's going to be a storyline. Yeah, I, I believe 75% of the grid is on expiring contracts this year. So even wow. though there was no move, there was no moves this year, I mean, other than Daniel Ricciardo coming coming back so, halfway through last season. So, so again, Joey, what you're saying is ignore Max Verstappen winning every race, and Red Bull just being number one. Just follow the crazy stuff after this. Yes. Yeah. We do, we, we do get ready to learn. Yeah. It's, it's just get ready to learn football. Formula One point five, buddy. It's what we do with football and and Sicko's committee. Like this is what we do. Like, you kind of know who's going to be at the top already before the season begins. Like, who's going to make the playoff? You kind of already know who's going to win the title with Formula. Uh. Right? No, no, no. No, 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 no. You kind of already know it's going to happen. But we are here to give you the drama, the drama on, like, your levels of Aston Martin with Lance Stroll, who is... I honestly, personally, as you said, Joey, like he is a good enough driver 
to be like around the top 10 on his own and not necessarily have his father own a Formula uh, team. Correct, but it but, is fun you know, to call him a Nepo baby either way. We're just going to call him a Nepo baby either way because of his eyebrows. It's fine. He's no Nikita Mazepin. He's, he's good enough to be on the grid. Uh, yeah, and again, worth worth noting, 75% of the grid is on expiring contracts this year. I, I just want to explain what, explain what Bridget just said. Formula 1.5 is basically the sicko mindset of F1. You ignore the top three teams whoever they are and you only follow the bottom six and whoever whoever's the highest out of those bottom six teams that's the winner of that race for to you and depending on how sick goes you want to get with it you can honestly just be like i'm just gonna ignore red bull and everybody else depending on how close the standings are yeah it you go with your heart for formula 1.5 exactly uh, McLaren is Landon Norris and Oscar Piastri. Their reserve is IndyCar's Pato Award. And uh, their academy driver is Bianca Bustamante. I believe the only Philippine driver in any of the top series is Andrea Stella is their principal, but you'd be forgiven for not knowing that because Zach Brown, the CEO of McLaren, really champions himself as the face of the company. Uh, they have been very pessimistic in all their preseason quotes. Like, you know, this is the time where you hype up your fans. You're like, this is the year we we think we got Red Bull. They're like, yeah, we're not. <laughs> we're going to get like fifth <laughs> at best, which is crazy because they did really good at the end of the year last year. Uh, Sicko's potential. Lando and Oscar are, they both have a contract for next year, but they both would really like that Mercedes seat. So they might try and wheels their way out of it. Hmm. I can kind of see Lando bumping up to Mercedes. I can see that. Uh, like unexpectedly, Oscar may be a little bit too young. Uh, personally, I kind of like the combo with Carlos in McLaren. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like they pushed each other when they were together for that time frame before Carlos Carlos got to uh Ferrari. But you know, again, I don't necessarily know if it's going to happen. McLaren is probably one of my my favorite constructors. I don't know. I have like a weird, like old school attachment to them besides Ferrari. McLaren is, is a little bit more of, I don't know, the orange of McLaren, like the, the car itself. I know it's not too much on the car now, but that orange like calls to me. I, I mean, also, I like, you know, if you want to kind of talk about like, like Zach Brown is honestly like, Pretty cool. I think of of all the people in the F1 paddock, especially now that uh, Haas has replaced Gunther Steiner, like Zach Brown is probably the coolest character in the sense that like he just really loves racing. Like he's his day job. He's the CEO of McLaren. And then like his hobby is he actually owns another race team that races in other, another series. Um, he owns a, a sports car it's team. An expensive hobby. Like he 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 just he loves racing. Like. There are people that get into F1 because of the money or because it's a good financial opportunity. Like Zach Brown really loves racing. He, he does. Owns, like the deal he, yeah. He the owns, deal he made uh, with the deal Earn, Earnhardt cars. Bridget was, Bridget told you yeah. the story. I was just going to tell you, he owns the deal Earnhardt car. Daniel Ricardo, number three, because of Dale Earnhardt. The deal he made with Daniel Ricardo was win a race with McLaren. You can race in the Dale Earnhardt car. Yeah. <laughs> And he did at Coda a couple years ago. Yeah. he. I've never seen a person so happy in my life. I aspire to that level of happiness. Uh, now we get into what could be the sickos team of the year. 
Like, not not the sickest team ever. Like, this isn't going to be the sickest team every year, but this might be the sickest team of this year. Alpine. Their principal is Bruno Femin. Their drivers, I'm going to do it in reverse order this time. Their academy drivers, Abby Pulling. Their reserve drivers, Jack Duhan. Their drivers, their main drivers, Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon. A pair of Frenchmen on the French team. God, I love both of them. They I love I love French. both of them so much. I, they I love hate them. each other. They hate each other, but I love both of them equally. Yeah. Sorry, Pierre. So this, Sorry, Esteban. I know they and, hate each other. And uh, the principal that brought them in, Otmar Zoffnauer, was fired midway through last year. Both these guys are out of contract this year. I think Alpine is ready to go. This was a mistake. We're only keeping one of them because they absolutely can't stand each other and their teammates this year in what is probably a make or break year for Alpine as a whole. So there's there's going to be some some mid-pack drama when somebody says, "Hey, you need to give a place back." Oh, that's going to be just it, they're they're not going to give that place back. It's not happening. One of the craziest crashes last year was between the two Alpines hitting I each rem- other. I remember this. I remember this. Oh, it was so bad. Uh, another Sickos Team of the Year candidate. I'm going to say the full name once, and I'm never going to say it again. Stake F1 Team Kick Sauber. We're just okay. going to call them Sauber. Uh, this is Alfa Romeo from last year. This will be Audi in 2026. They're in between car sponsors. So they are just cramming all their sponsors in right now. It's Sauber. They're a Swiss team. They're, they've been a solid midfield team since, I think, 1998. Uh, they've been, at different points, BMW, Alfa Romeo, uh, a whole bunch of other different names. Their drivers are Valtteri Bottas. Oh, let me carry. And uh, Joe Guanyu, who... Katie Shook would like me to remind you has now started an Instagram for his cat. Awesome. Excellent. Uh, Ooh, joining Alex Albon with the pets account. That's right. Reserve Val- drivers Theo Porcher and their uh, academy drivers Carrie Schreier. That's right. It's Valtteri Barras. Yes. Sicko's <laughs> uh, potential this team doing anything notable this year. They have basically punted on two years now. They're, they're waiting it out until 2026. So and they have a bright lime green car this year, which is going oh. to be fun to watch. I think it's black oh. and lime green, but the There's lime green, green is okay. going to be a unique color out there. Nice. And uh, Valtteri Bottas and Joe Gagnon are both out of a contract this year. There's rumors that Audi wants German drivers, so if these guys want to stick around, they got this year and maybe next year to, to prove they belong. So, I mean, will, will they find out if punting is winning? Punting could be winning, especially in turn one. Yeah, take it easy after turn one, and then just go. Uh, here's another one. I'm going to say the whole name once, and then I would like to crowdsource what we should call them for the rest of the year. Their team name is Visa Cash App RB. This oh, it's, Al- this is this is Cash I got, App. I, I, no, I got a name. I got a name. Okay. Scuderia Arby's. Scuderia Arby's. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, okay, you know, that you know what? Me. That was that. Okay, that was fully my husband. I'm going to give him credit for that. All right, give him credit. The funniest thing that I've heard. And I'm never going to stop laughing about it. Perfect. Scuderia Arby's. No, that's perfect. I'm yeah. just imagining fancy Italian Arby's. I love everything <laughs> about this. Thank you. Mama they Mia, get the, the curly fries. <laughs> uh, they And that's that's controversial this year. They do, in fact, have the engine. And a lot of other things borrowed straight from the Red Bull factory. They are Red Bull's farm team. They are in Formula One. They have in the past 
just like been like, okay, we're making our own car, but our drivers are Red Bull's farm team drivers. This year, Red Bull, uh, what is he? He's not the owner, the but Red Bull's top brass has decided, you guys suck. You're just going to use our old cars, which is illegal. So they're doing as much as they can to just barely make it legal and basically just copy last year's Red Bull car. Do crime. They're doing their yeah. They're doing their own tracing point. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, lots of teams in the past have done things like this, where ra- they they try to reverse engineer last year's winning car. Like yes, this the, is not a new idea that they've come up with. The main difference between this and Racing Point having the pink Mercedes is that uh, Racing Point was owned by Lawrence Stroll and not Mercedes. So this is a team owned by Red Bull that is copying Red Bull, quote unquote. So. Bridget, what did you call them? Like scootery Arby's? Arby's. Okay. Like the restaurant that has the meat. Uh, Arby's. Okay. So, so essentially, this is not Arby's itself. It is that recipe you get on Pinterest that is make your own horsey sauce. Right. Okay. Yep. We have Arby's at home. We have Arby's at Literally home. Literally, the we have Arby's we at have home. We have Arby's at home. What is we have Arby's at home in Italian? Because that's what this team is. Mamma mia. Um, <laughs> they're dr- their drivers are Yuki Sonoda and Daniel Ricardo. Their reserve is also Liam Lawson, and their uh, academy driver is Amna Al Kabasi, the um, the sister of Red Bull's academy driver. If they can't get any closer, uh, oh. and the principal is Laurent Mekias, who is a former Ferrari assistant principal. I think that was his title. Uh, Sicko's potential. This team outperforming any Red Bull driver at any point. Daniel Ricardo is going to be something to watch this year because Bridge is putting her hand up. I'm putting my hands down because I would like to see Liam Lawson back in a seat. I love Liam Lawson, but like Daniel Ricardo was one of my first loves when I got into Formula One, and I just, I just want to see him do well. Like he's, he makes me so happy. So last year, uh, they started out with Nick DeVries, who is my enemy, and I hate him. Uh, halfway through the season, he uh, was, he was uh, released. They brought in Daniel Ricciardo. Two races later, Daniel Ricciardo broke his wrist. And technically, they could have brought Nick DeVries back, but that bridge was burned. So they brought in Liam Lawson, who was one of their reserve drivers, who was racing in Japan, I think, at the time. And uh, he ended up doing super, super well. And then Daniel Ricciardo came back, and Liam Lawson's out of a seat. Uh, so that that's uh, Scuderia Arby's. Uh, Haas. Their team principal is, everybody knows it, Ayo Komatsu. He is going to be replacing Gunther Steiner because rumor has it Gunther Steiner asked Gene Haas for more money and and like more money for the team, not like a salary increase. And uh, Gene Haas said, "Get out of here." So Gene Haas is a broke boy, as we have established. I love Spent how, all his like, money on NASCAR is, crimes. This this reminds and me and possibly other crimes allegedly allegedly. I mean, it's F one. There's a lot of other crimes allegedly. This reminds me of like that. You know, you can go with the Baldwins or whatever, uh, like the the brothers uh, Baldwin or whatever. You 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 got the, the top one, you got the the mid one, then you have like you know the bottom one. It's like Gene Haas reminds me of of like the Bensons, yeah. Where where it's like Tom Benson, he owns a bunch of car dealerships, uh, he owns the Saints, and then there his there's his brother Benson that is trying to get a CFL team in San Antonio. Okay, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. <laughs> Did not forget about that. But yes, this is what Gene Haas reminds me of personally, because you know, just 
just the the sibling hierarchy there. Like, you know, you're at the Haas aspect, but like the main Haas is is NASCAR, all that. And the, but you're like in a different league in a different country, but trying to do the same thing, essentially, I would say. Haas is technically the American team if you want to root for a flag. This is your team. Yeah, the, and the NASCAR Haas team is also bad now, so. Correct. Things are going great there. Uh, the other team you might want to root for as USA. an American is uh, Williams. Uh, Alex Albon and Logan Sargent are their main drivers. They don't have a third driver. Uh, they need one at some point because the rule says you have to put your third driver in for practice. They'll, what they've done in the past is they've rented that to Mercedes. <laughs> They're available. Yeah. Hey. I will remind everyone listening that the Sickos committee is available for probably less than you're paying whoever else. Yeah, but none of us have the super license. I, I can so. get one. My license, yeah. my license is pretty super. No, you cannot you get, get a super, super license. As an American, it, it's so hard to get super license points. Like, just look at what ca- happened with Colton Herta. Yeah, yeah you would need a big check. You mean to tell me I can't get super license points just driving on I-35 in the same day? You can't get super license points, at least enough super license points, by driving NASCAR Cup Series. Well, I mean... Like, you okay. get 10 for winning it, and you need 100. <laughs> what? That's yeah. funny. Well, yeah, I mean, basically... You, anyone can get a super license. They, it's basically so. So it's like a gatekeeping thing to prop up the the defeater series. So like F two, F three. So anyone can get us. It's not hard if you have the money. You need to be able to write enough checks to the right people to get a super license. That's basically the the way that they gatekeep who gets to drive in Formula One. Yeah. If you win NASCAR, you only get fifteen points. This is a bullshit. Yeah, and then yeah. if you win F two, I think you get fifty. Yeah, Indy well, is worth four. Indy is worth forty points, though. So we yeah, got to start well, driving Indy cars. Yeah, the triple crown. Look, look, look at the scale. Look at the scale. Third thing, place though, in F two gets gets thirty. Third place in Indy gets like six. Yeah, well, the thing with the thing with NASCAR is that it's mostly ovals, and the cars are not similar at all. So I that that stuff I it I don't know. It's not worth getting worked up over. Like F one has made their decisions about who they want and who they don't want and you know like as an american it's like okay cool like they don't want me um you know they don't really want americans they just want the american tv market um but you know that it is what it is just ask andretti so what they've done in the past with, the, with their third driver spot because you have to have a third driver drive both of your cars in a practice they've just rented that to mercedes who have more reserve drivers than they know what to do with and mercedes just mercedes reserve drivers drive at williams uh, Alice Albon, Logan Sargent, their their academy drivers. Leah Block, the daughter of Ken Block. Uh, their principal is James James Valls, who used to be a meme at Mercedes because he was the guy who would always get on the radio and tell Valtteri Bottas to move over for Lewis Hamilton. Gotcha. Uh, he was their head of strategy, I think. Um, okay, it's James. Yep. Uh, Storylines for Williams. They're on the upswing a little bit. They could surprise. Logan Sargent, I believe, still doesn't have a point. He is the American on the grid. If he gets, no, he got one. He, he got, got one, one last yeah. year. So it was. I think it was because like people got disqualified ahead of him, but he, he right. score. Right. Yeah. Points or points. Still counts. Still counts. Still counts. Uh, this the schedule is uh ge- is theoretically geographized this year, except uh, Miami is in Asia, Canada is in Europe, and Singapore is in America. Yeah, uh, that sounds right. Those are the wings. Miami is in the Asian wing. Canada is in the European wing, and Singapore is in the American wing. Other than that, 
it's all basically jargfized. Starts Sounds like modern just been taking, yeah. Thank you. I was just saying. Starts this weekend in Bahrain. Um, they will be racing on Saturday instead of Sunday, like they usually do. I forget why. Um, Ramadan. Ramadan. That's right. So they'll be racing on Saturday this weekend, uh, which means the first practices will take place on Thursday. Qualifying is on Friday. And catch all that more on your friendly Twitter account, Too Fast, Too Sickos. Awesome. Thank you, Joey. Okay, folks, that's what we got for this evening. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you on the other side. After uh, Bahrain. Formula. Like the formula. Uh, uh, nah, 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 nah.